0: Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design 101. How to design a beautiful home and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and life. Who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty, and my team and I do the best damn design in the country but I'll help you create a beautiful design that is also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, this is Amanda Gates. Welcome to Home Energy Design. If you like the show, head on over to iTunes and subscribe. If you hate the show, head on over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a note. We would love to hear from you. All right, today I have an amazing guest on by the name of Liz Blake. The reason that I wanted to have Liz on is she is like this amazing woman who has studied shamanism, nutrition. She knows all about this mind-body connection. She's all about Reiki, yoga, and just really connecting to Mama Earth. She's also all about plant medicine, which we have talked about before on the show, the importance of why we want to drive delicious, amazing energy into our bodies. You know how I always talk about those above and below the cross emotions? Food is medicine. So we're going to get into that. But what I really wanted to share with you about this show today is this idea of these cacao ceremonies that she is sharing with us. So many of us are no longer connecting like we used to. We're communal creatures, and yet we're not connecting. The idea behind these ceremonies is to open up our hearts and to really open us up to what we are here to do. And I think this is perfect for the month of love. So I hope that you love this show about Kokoro, which is the art of living well. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello. Hi, Miss Liz. How are you? I'm so excited to talk to you today.
1: Yeah, same. I'm good. I'm glad that this connection is working. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's knock
0: on wood. I don't have wood in front of me, but I'm going to pretend like my desk is wood.
1: I do. I'm doing it.
0: Put all that delicious energy, shamanism, medicine woman, Gaia, put everything into it so that we are fully supported in this container for at least 30 minutes.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> so uh, are you settled? Are you ready? Are
1: you comfy? I am, yes. Okay, in, awesome. In, yeah, and the hills of Jamaica, uh, on my eco village and it's just like so incredible to be here and be on this land it's awesome
0: oh I can imagine okay so before we dive into that because we are going to get all about that because I want to hear more about that I just want to formally introduce my guest for today Liz Blake Um, I have specifically asked her on for this month the month of love is what we're calling it and I wanted Liz to come on Because she, as I just spoke about, is like this amazing medicine woman who is everything from a nutrition healer, shaman, yogi, breathwork specialist, just all of these amazing things. Um, Welcome, Liz, to the show. Thank you. So before we dive into this amazing life that you're living of just, I mean, like the ultimate healer. Let's back up just a little bit. You started out uh, wanting to study psychology. And so like, I I loved your uh, quick little blurb on your website, just talking about how like it Mm -hmm. was just so missing the point. So how did you go from that to getting into shamanism, nutrition, you know, just this whole mind body connection thing? What, What was that disconnect for you that kind of propelled you into this life?
1: Yeah, well, like like you read, I attended NYU and um I thought I was going to study psychology and I think probably the first week that I was in that massive intro to psych psych 101 class with 300 kids where you know, I wasn't a name, I was really a number to the teacher, and never actually really met this person. I was, and then, of course, the nature of the content that we were studying, I was just like, this is not getting to the core of the human experience. Um, and luckily, I was, I mean, I freaked out, because I was like, what am I doing with my life? Who am I? And, But luckily, I was at uh, Gallatin School of Individualized Study at NYU, which is an um, independent, interdisciplinary um, college within the university. So there, there were many free-thinking, alternative, um, integrative professors. And I went to my advisor, and she's like, why don't you take this class with this teacher named Brad Lewis, who's... Taking an alternative approach to mental health and I was okay, (laughs) and um, It was amazing it just opened up all these worlds and that work specifically was looking at like How we frame mental health and currently in the DSM 4 or it's probably 5 by now or 6 even I don't know Um, but back then it was 4 and it was like you're defined sick based on your ability to in our society. And, like, we all have tendencies, like many people have those tendencies, but you're not considered sick until you can't function within our society. And he was kind of saying, well, like, we live in a sick society, so how are you going to find that? And in indigenous cultures, um, the people who saw things that other people didn't see or hear things that other people didn't hear were the shamans and the healers, and they were trained to navigate those spaces of the psyche and consciousness. So anyway, that was like a major shift. I was like, okay, there's this paradigm of the world that is not really looking at the whole picture, and I'm going to break away of that. And I was so blessed to have teachers there who could support that. So I studied Reiki, I studied Jungian psychology, I studied food and nutrition, I did my own independent study on macrobiotics and the energetics of food. And um, so, yeah, I was very blessed to be in a space where I was.
0: I love that because I think that you're right. I'm not a big fan of of the Western culture of medicine. I think that it's all about um when the worst has occurred that's when they start paying attention to it um it's not about the subtleties and it has really uh gotten very far away from the idea of the natural rhythms which i think is what is so great about shamanism getting back into nature connecting with mother earth it's this whole idea of really connecting to your whole being um and and enjoying and having those slow movements which our culture doesn't have and so modern medicine doesn't really look at that as a possible solution to yeah. mental health. And and even I think some of the things that are classified as mental health are just, you know, it, it's simple things like you said where it could be slowing down, connecting to those natural rhythms, eating better food, connecting with, you know, where your food is coming exactly. from, those sorts of things. So I think that's why I love, you know, everything that you're doing um and this shift it was like this paradigm for you of like I'm at this crossroads and this is the traditional trajectory of where I should go but that doesn't really sync with me so I'm gonna go this why you know wild weird way because it's calling to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I so get um totally yeah but I, I I think that you know that's that's such a pat on the back for you because so often we get that tinge to go that route but because it's not the norm or it's not what's expected you know we kind of shove that down and we go oh well psych 101 is the way we should go because that's what's expected of me and you know and then we don't really come back around to where that tinge was until we're 45 and having a midlife crisis
1: (laughs) right so yeah I kind of went through all of those crises throughout my 20s
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we all have at some point so what was it like you know becoming this you know gypsy um, going all over the country you know you mentioned that you went to Burning Man which you know on one hand I think it would be great to experience and on the other hand I'm like you know what I'm just too all about my creature comforts what was that like
1: Oh, um, it was amazing. I mean, I feel like so much of who I am in a way has been informed by my experiences there. I've, I went for five years when I first started and I haven't been back since. So I kind of like ran its course and I was like, I'm not sure that this is the best use of my time and energy. Cause you know, what else could I do with all that, time money and like <laughs> vitality but it it showed me the main thing that i got from it was that you can create we all can create our own reality you know it was this sort of like hyperized example of showing up and being whoever you want to be like if you want to be a butterfly you can be a butterfly you know if you want and also the the process of creating this, in, like intentionally creating this space, this city essentially, it's like this vortex um, that people are devoted to, some people for the entire year. You know, they start for next year right after Burning Man ends, uh, creating the arts and the experiences and the structures and all that. And the the amount of intentional energy that goes into that space, it creates this like force field where synchronicities happen all the time. Like people will say that like there's 60,000 people here and you just happen to meet that person that opened up so much in your life where like, you know, one of your best friends and you made no communication you're just like there at the right time at the right place. Um, So those were a couple of the things that really informed who I am. Oh, and the other thing is this community living in community and, Having this, like American culture is very about the individual and being independent. And at Burning Man, suddenly you're, you're interdependent on the people around you and to build your camp and to eat your food and to take care of one another because the environment is very extreme. And so I learned a lot about community living and this interdependency that we have as humans. And it's great because that's translated to like now I'm on this eco village in Jamaica and some of those basic principles of like working together to make the kitchen happen and things like that um, apply to another way of being on this planet. So,
0: you know, it's so amazing that, you know, this podcast, I have a lot of um high vibe people on the show and the one thing that always blows me away is that when i'm talking to someone like you how in sync we are when we get on this um considering the fact that you're in jamaica and i'm in nashville but literally as you were talking about burning man and saying how in sync and synchronicity that is occurring there i'm literally thinking Huh, I'm going to ask her about community because I think that that's really important, especially because I've heard that before (laughs) that it's at Burning Man. And you literally took the words out of my mouth.
1: (laughs) I love it.
0: I'm literally like, as soon as you started talking, I'm like, oh, community is key. We need to talk about that. I need to get her view on what community is to her and, and why that's important. And you literally just like that started talking about it. Um, but I agree. I think that (laughs) community is so important. It it, it is in our DNA, uh, especially women, you know, in circle. That's what we used to do. It's evolution. Um, There Mm -hmm. used to be this this strong sense of community where we used to always come together and we used to connect and we used to support one another. And it is this very independent culture that we live in. And so um, I really like this idea that you're kind of saying like let's go against the status quo here let's let's bring back that sense of community let's connect so tell us more about what this eco village is first and foremost i mean if if, you know for the listeners if you've never just gone out into the middle of the woods or nature or anything like that and just connected like gotten rid of all your devices and connected You know, I mean, you'll think that weird shit's going on, but it's just, it's nature. Like you start having really cool dreams, you start connecting, you start having, you know, psychic abilities, you start tapping in. It's like all this amazingness, but we've lost those natural rhythms because we, you know, we're always indoors now. So I love the idea of this eco village where you're literally getting back to basics and, and, you know, connecting with the land. So tell us about how this started and, and what it's all about.
1: Yeah, so it started about twelve years ago um, when my uncle, my mother's brother, and his wife Nicola, um, who's originally from Jamaica, she grew up here and left as a child to move to the states. Um, I think when she was eight or something. But anyway, they they left their lives in Philadelphia. They both she owned a restaurant, he had his own business, and they sold everything, like, houses, businesses, cars, and they came down here to this land that they and her mother and some of, the, of her family purchased, and it's in kind of rural Jamaica, it's, like, not resort town, Negril, and Montego Bay, it's, um, you know, it's, like, the, the other experience that Jamaica has to offer and so it's a, a small town about an hour east of Kingston in the mountains but fairly close to the water and they arrived here and there was a little shack like they didn't have running water they didn't have anything and they've over the last 12 years built this place pretty much from nothing and now there's a number of families who live here there's children there's a nature school that they built, so the kids could get an education, but have it be tied to these rhythms of nature. So they they learn science through farming and stuff like that. Um, there they do all of like eco wind power and collect their own rainwater. They do trainings for. Organic farming for local people and international people Uh and um, And now the big next step is the healing center, which is being built. It's three domes these really cool domes and um, That's one of the reasons why I'm here now is to help facilitate that and we're like we're all very excited because we're gonna do some amazing work here to help people now,
0: is anybody? Because listen here, like everything you are describing is like so my jam. I mean, getting back to nature, getting rid of the devices, hugging some trees, putting my my feet and my hands in the ground. I mean, this sounds amazing, you know. And the <laughs> local farming, local foods, community. I mean, you are speaking my language. Exactly. So, who is this open to? Um.
1: So for living here, it's um, I think the way they have it set it up is there are are plots of land that people can buy, and then there's um, people here who will help build the houses because they're doing the natural building as one of the educational efforts and one of the sort of services that they have to offer the world. So people can and, um, live here part-time, full-time. And, um, I know that there's some kind of process to become a member. I don't know exactly what it entails, but, um, so it's, it's open to people who want to live this life, who are dedicated to this way of being and are excited about being in a rural area area in Jamaica. I mean, it's not exactly the easiest life out here, especially if you're uh, an American who's, you know, used to having access to whatever you might want at any time. Right. (laughs) Um, It definitely, it requires a bit of a shift of, of how we relate to our resources. And, um, you know, Jamaica doesn't have all the things that America has. So, You know, you'd have to sacrifice a few things um, in exchange for, like, gorgeous flora and fauna and a beautiful view and vibrant land and food and that connection to nature that we're talking about. Um, And then with the center and, like, farming retreats and the uh, works that happen here, they're open to anyone who wants to come and participate and learn and when the healing center is open, there'll be who's, who, people who are ready to heal, people who have made that choice and are willing to do the work to heal.
0: It just sounds awesome. And I think it really depends on, you know, what sacrifice means to you. I think that, um, like you said, it really. I feel like you're exchanging one thing for another. So I feel like it's the ego that says, oh, well, I have to have, you know, the target down the street and the Whole Foods, you know, up the road. And, you know, I think it's just a matter of perspective.
1: (laughs) So it is, and it'll be very different for every person, like what, how, how we value things, you know, and everyone has their own version of that. So, you know, I'm like, we packed a lot of snacks. And I'm like, I'm so glad we packed all these snacks. Cause these are things that we can't get. And we're so used to having, you know, right. Um, but the rest of it, it's pretty easy for me to let go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's probably what it is, is it's just a matter of getting, you know, used to, it's just a different culture, and it's a different way of living. And so, you know, this is how people have lived for centuries. It's only, you know, we've been really pampered and spoiled. So, but I mean, that really what you're describing to me is the art of living. I mean, it's to me, that's the way that it should be so that you are really one with the land and, and connecting with the natural rhythms. And, you know, I feel like we've really gotten away from that. And we focus and our perspectives are on the wrong thing. So I yeah. do think it would be it's a little bit hard to get accustomed to. But, you know, like, I've been on vision quests, I've been on spiritual retreats, silent mm-hmm. retreats, I've been on all these things where we're out in the middle of the woods, and like, we got to, you know, throw up tents, and we're dealing with nature. And, you you know, it's cold, it's raining, it's snowing, it's hot, you know, it's all these things. And we don't have snacks down there, you know, we're out in the middle of the woods. So (laughs) so and Jamaica is like 10 times prettier. So I think that it would be, you know, I think it would be a a nice place to kind of gain some perspective and, and get back to the basics. But I'm also sitting in my office totally. in Nashville with a, you know, cup of coffee and <laughs> my creature
1: comfort. So <laughs> hard to say. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in an office that's um, the Source Farm office. It's built, it's a shipping container, you know, like cool. this is the container that my aunt and uncle basically packed up their American lives in <laughs> and this was the first like big thing that arrived here on this land and they've since fixed it up and transformed it into a working space and you know there's people that build houses out of shipping containers so it's a thing and yeah
0: it works that's so awesome so I want to get to this idea of the Kokoro life And how you got Mm -hmm. into cacao, which is, um, I wanted to come back to this uh, because we were talking earlier about how I'm making February our month of love. And I really love the idea of the cacao ceremonies because, again, it's it's focusing on this sense of community, but it's also focusing on getting back to basics and really connecting to yourself. So tell us what it is Mm -hmm. and how you got into it.
1: Yeah. So cacao is heart medicine. It's a beautiful plant that activates, opens. I like to say it, it makes the voice of the heart a bit louder. So it provides an opportunity for us to really feel more deeply into our heart space. And with that, I believe we can tap into our inner wisdom and a guide that Um, is probably more true to the soul than sometimes the mind can be. And um, it's, on a physical level, it can, in very high doses, I usually don't serve this high of a dose when I'm doing ceremonies, but it can increase the flow of the blood and the heart rate. Like, Well, not the heart rate, but the, the amount of blood that moves through the heart, up to 30%. So you think about that on a physical level, everything's moving within the body um, at a higher frequency, and um, so things are waking up, things are being activated, and it's moving through the heart, which is this wise space within us, and it also is working on an energetic physical level, I mean metaphysical level, like the heart chakra starts to pulse at a greater frequency and that vibration I think becomes just a little bit more accessible so it helps build a bridge between the heart and the mind um, which I think in our western worlds is very needed and Mm -hmm. I got into it um so when I was a kid my mom really loved dark chocolate so that that's what I was raised on and I always knew as a child that the darker the chocolate like the more there was something there like there was more there was something deeper that this plant was offering than with milk chocolate and um I worked as a chef uh, years ago I traveled the world and I worked at ayahuasca retreat centers in Peru and um in Brazil and England and I worked for Dr. Bronner's the soap company in Southern California and so I was really getting into the culinary arts um, and making stuff and like alchemizing with food and loved raw chocolate and I got into making it and then slowly my friends started asking for it and I started making it as a thing that I offer in the community. And then there was this moment, so all this time I'm also doing plant medicine work, like with ayahuasca, and learning about the spiritual nature of plants and plant spirit medicine and things. So there was this moment where that kind of like culinary thing and the plant spirit medicine thing merged, and I was like, oh my God, the spirit of cacao. (laughs) (laughs) And and then, <laughs> and, um, and started to approach it from that place. So I got into finding ceremonial great cacao, and I did a training in the States um, with a group there. I also did my own dieta. So I, I basically took the process that I've learned through working in, with ayahuasca and shamanic traditions of connecting with plants, um, building a channel to the plants, welcoming them into our space to be teachers and healers. I took that, um, process, which is like having a restrictive diet, no salt, no alcohol, no sex, no, um, limited media. And during that time, building that connection with a plant. So I did that myself for a month. And, um, that was like the very beginning of sort of initiating myself into, this work and I'm still so on the journey like I feel like I have so much more to learn <laughs> um, like I've just begun really even though it's been years now that I've been working with it um, ceremonially and spiritually I'd say yeah so that's it
0: so explain to me I have a, a couple of questions why does cacao have this ability to you know open up our heart and mind what is it that's different about you know, say another food and what exactly is, are you just simply uh, because Janny has called it the liquid love. So um, are you doing something Mm -hmm. with the chocolate as far as are you um, creating something out of it or just having the chocolate? Like why, why is it so great for opening our heart? And what exactly are you guys
1: doing? Like, why is it a ceremony? So well, all plants can help us connect to the heart because plant, like the heart chakra is green and um, vibrates on the frequency of green. So that green energy that is so prevalent on our planet is communicating to the heart. So plants already speak the language of the heart. Um, cacao happens to focus its energy in that space, I believe. I mean, it does other things too. Like you can um and help use it to induce lucid dreaming and you know all plants are multi-dimensional um but one of the things in cacao is that that in, that stimulates the cardiovascular system is the theobromine so um theobromine is a, a, a vasodilator so it like opens up the blood flow in the heart it stimulates the cardiovascular system whereas Caffeine, which is also a stimulant, stimulates the nervous system. So that's what creates the, like, jittery feeling. Um, and so that's, like, a scientific thing that cacao has to offer that is most plants aren't offering the theobromine, and it, that's the effect that it has on the heart. Um, and then there's this the spirit side of it. Like, every plant has an energy, a frequency, and a spirit that is, like, its own character and its own... God or goddess, in a sense. Um, so cacao just happens to like to dance and play in that space. Um, I love that. And and then um, the liquid love and how I make it. So I make um, a specific drink that Janie has called liquid love, and I've I've used her name. I love it. i fully embraced it. So I call it my liquid love cacao, um, and. I I work with ceremonial grade cacao, so it's, um, you know, it's not like a chocolate bar. By the time it's become a chocolate bar, the cacao has most likely been um, processed. The powder has been separated from the fat. Then it's been remixed together with um, sometimes milk and usually sugar and other fillers and chemicals and stuff. And that that process takes away the sort of the power of the plant. Um, The beans are probably beans from many trees, you know, like it gets all mixed up. So the integrity of the energy of the plant starts to break down when people do that process. So ceremonial grade cacao is just beans that are ground and then they liquefy and then solidify into a, a chunk, like a big block. But they haven't been set, like the fat hasn't been separated out from the powder, um, like in most chocolate bars. So that's one of the core differences. So it's the, the integrity of the plant is closer to the tree itself. Um, and then, so I get these big chunks of ceremonial cacao. Then I make my own coconut milk, um, homemade coconut milk, and I add some maple syrup, vanilla, and sea salt. So I make it delicious. There are some people that will work with cacao in a very bitter uh, form. It's just like cacao and water, which I'm not against. I totally understand the value of that. But, uh, you know, to this point, it's for me the way the plant is communicating with me. It wants to be very sensual and pleasurable and be a feel-good experience. (laughs) Mm. Um, So when I make it, I connect to my heart. I feel... The vibration in my heart through my arms and into my hands as i chop and as i prepare and i basically pray with it as i make it and i have a thing that i do where when i chop i i chant love oh so I love it's that. just like a way to keep yeah it just keeps my energy focused my mind my heart and it just imprinting whatever i'm making i do it with food too um <laughs> with the love frequency so that adds to the vibrational quality of the liquid love. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I've had people where they've had so little or the version that I'm serving is pretty light in terms of the cacao. Like, it's not like this heavy, really intense, dark, bitter um, experience or they've just had a little. Like, they have not come close to even having a a quote ceremonial dose, which is two full ounces of cacao, which is a lot. Like, it's hard to drink that much. And these people will have like an incredible experience, like totally heart awakened, like pain gone in their bodies, you know, all kinds of things have happened. And I'm like, oh, that's the vibrational aspects of what I'm doing it's not like a the chemical constituents that are in the cacao because there's just not that much you know so I'm working on many layers on many levels of being with it
0: I love that I and I think that you've brought up a very very valid point so for everybody who's listening stop what you're doing and listen to what I'm about to say (laughs) Um, One of the things that I say all the time, because I am a professional feng shui practitioner, is the importance of when you are cooking a meal um, in feng shui, the stove is very, very important and food prep is very, very important and... So often people are slamming their meals together. They're not eating good quality food. Um, They're throwing it together. They're multitasking. They're maybe on their phone. They're yelling at the kids. They're doing 20 different things. And they're not Mm -hmm. really putting really a ceremony uh, and you should behind every meal that you cook. And I love that you mentioned that you pray and you're being very intentional because when I cook, I chant, I have mantras that I chant and I'm very intentional when I am cooking Not only chopping and prepping and doing that, but also cooking because you are driving that energy into your food and you feed it to your family. So the energy that you give to them spreads throughout the home. So if you are anxious, if you are stressed out, if you are, you know, freaking out because you have something big about to occur, if you're pissed off and you're prepping a meal for your family, you are literally giving them that low vibration and it spreads So I love that you shared that Mm -hmm. and this idea of plant medicine and what it can do for us um, because it's so important. But I do have to say, for those of us who don't live in the New York City area, you know, how can we... Are there places that we could try this? Do you sell this? How do we get access to this amazingness? Because I want to try this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on that piece of it. Actually, that's one of my goals here in Jamaica is to find another source of a better source of cacao where i can start packaging kits for people to create their own ritual and i'm all about like as humans we walk this earth and we are here to connect with plants the plants are here to teach us and they're here to heal us and so i want to find ways to make it accessible to people to um approach plants in this way and have an experience and do it on their own too. And so I'm working on something that I can offer in the meantime, I would say go on Instagram and just look at hashtag cacao ceremony. And because I know that there are these things popping up, people are offering it more and more. A lot of people are getting into it, studying it more deeply. And so I'm like, every week I'm like, Oh my God, there's more and more people working with this plant. And it's amazing. So that's, that's what I would suggest in the meantime, until my offerings are, are, are ready. Um, yeah. Just tapping into this movement with cacao and all the plants, um, you know, doing a little bit of research because once you find one person who's doing it, it's very easy to connect to like the people in different locations. Like I saw a woman, doing cacao ceremony in like louisville kentucky and stuff like that so it's it's starting to spread Mm -hmm.
0: i love that and i love the idea of really again getting back to basics and teaching the people or teaching the public the value of really i mean this is this is so basic this is what we did in tribe you know when we were in tribes and in. Uh, shamans. And it's yeah. always been about this medicine behind the plant, but really honoring and seeing them as sacred beings and not, you know, I'm just going to shove this salad in my mouth. And it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just really a, a more beautiful way to approach how we eat, approach how we connect, you know, like, I have this funny experience, I think I've talked about it here on the podcast. But um, David and I, we live in a, a brownstone in, in Nashville and, um, our lot that are, that we have is, is small, but on both pieces of, of property that we have here, I've planted trees on them. And so my trees, I speak to them all the time. I have Edgar and Arthur. Everybody knows that the, the neighbors know that. And it's oh funny, God, I love it. <laughs> but it was funny because I had my <laughs> leopard pants on. I have leopard yoga pants and I was out front. <laughs> And I was hugging Arthur and I was having a conversation with him and, and, you know, I just, I like to go out there and talk to him. And it's funny because he's actually um, bigger than all the other trees and I swear it's because of the love. Um, But I was out there and I was talking to him and uh, it was funny because I heard something and I kind of looked behind me and there was a couple, they had stopped. They were walking and they had stopped and the husband looked at his wife and he goes, well, I guess we have one in every neighborhood. Like here's the weird chick hugging trees and talking to them and I'm like who says I'm the weird one <laughs> so right. exactly but yeah you know I, this
1: is the way this is go ahead um, I was going to say that connecting with the plants and talking to them is the way that we've come to know medicine I mean modern medicine and western medicine has taken different turns but traditionally like the wise women talking to plants, the shamans, they listened to the plants. And that's how they learned how to make the medicines.
0: Well, that's how ayahuasca was And invented. learned how to well. The Shapobi tribe talks about yeah. how, you know, they went into the, the Amazon and it was the plants that told them yep. the correct way to create the recipe for ayahuasca. I mean... You you can't make that shit up. I mean, I guess you can, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) truth is usually better. But you need to because it's true.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you you have to honor that. And I I feel like, you know, when people do really – disconnect from all the devices and their so-called you know busy chaotic life that they think is important but when they really get back to basics and get back to nature and and connect the way that we are supposed to that's when you start getting all these divine downloads this is when you hear things see things Mm -hmm. experience things that you don't experience in this modern day world so I mean there is a magical world of subtle energy that exists out there and people want to poo-poo it and like once you experience you ain't going back I mean it is awesome
1: yes exactly you nailed it
0: <laughs> so I, I know that you are busy have stuff to do I just have one final question for you I want to know if you could leave the audience with one or two things that they could do to really just promote you know more love um, more self-care how they can take care of themselves what would you recommend
1: Well, given what we just both said, and I'm seeing how amazing and powerful your practice of chanting is when you cook, that simple practice of bringing love to your food and everything that you put into your body and put on your body, like oils that you may put on your skin, um, whether it be, I'm not sure what type of chants you're doing, but um, any chanting that's out there or the simple just love 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 um i it's so basic but i think it's incredibly powerful just for us to shift into that vibration and put that energy into the things that we create and especially the things that we put into our bodies which are creating us i mean we are made physically of the foods that we eat um so i think that would be like the main (laughs) simple thing that i could offer
0: I think that's great. And you brought up a good point. If you're listening to this and you heard us talking about chanting and and things like that, and it made your butt pucker and you're like, oh my God, I don't know any. One of the best things that you can do is listen to music that you love because it will elevate your energy and you'll feel good. And that alone will drive better energy into what you're doing. As long as you feel good and are happy, that is a high vibration. That's living a high vibe life.
1: Yeah. It's a choice. It's just like you can choose in a moment, am I going to uplift this space and uplift this practice that I'm doing or this food that I'm making or not?
0: <laughs> yeah, I talk about all the time above and below the cross emotions. And so we want to be in those above the cross emotions of joy, love, happiness, peace, you know, all the goods in life. So choose love because it's amazing and you want to spread it like (laughs) confetti.
1: (laughs) Liz, if people want to
0: know more about you, how do they find you?
1: Um, My website, I just launched it three days ago. So I'm very excited about that. It's like a, a whole new journey for me. Uh, the URL is the K-O-K-O-R-O, life.com. And uh, the same for Instagram. Uh, that account is just being birthed now. But you can also follow me at Liz Blake on Instagram. And that, that account has you know been there longer. So there's more of me there currently.
0: Awesome. Well, Liz, thank you again for saying yes to this. Thank you for doing this podcast and sharing this amazing information with my audience. I'm so thankful that um, I was able to share this space with you today. And I hope you go and have some kick ass conversations with plants today.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Yes, I will.
0: (laughs) There is no knowledge so hard to acquire as the knowledge of how to live this life well and naturally. That's a quote by Michael de Montaigne. And I think it really wraps up what Liz and I were talking about today of really this art of living well and really connecting back with nature and its importance to us. I hope that you have enjoyed the show. I apologize that it dropped out a couple of times. Liz is actually in the hills of Jamaica in a very rural remote area and so we were praying on a wing and a prayer that the internet wasn't going to drop out and it did kind of get a little loopy there but I think you get the gist of everything that we spoke about today. I think the bottom line is start taking care of yourself. Enjoy something as beautiful as a cacao ceremony and I just looked up on Instagram if you put in hashtag c-a-c-a-o with the word ceremonies after it She's right. A whole bunch of amazing things are starting to pop up on there. So enjoy a beautiful ceremony in your area. Try to find one uh, maybe in your neck of the woods and experience something magical, especially in the month of love. All right, everyone, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe. Um, You can find us on iTunes, and you can also find me on my website at gatesinteriordesign.com. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us at letschatatthegatescompany.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe, because the energy never lies.